Welcome to the Southridge Church Podcast. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we want you to stay connected with us. You can find us on sanjose.cc or subscribe to the podcast. You know, I was trying to decide if I was going to tell that story, right? I guess I don't have a choice now. But amen. It is so awesome and a blessing to be here. I always enjoy my time with Southridge. Uh, I love your pastor, his wife, and I love the people here. Uh, and you guys are doing an awesome work. Stay true to what God has called you. You guys are on the move. Southridge has been on the move. You're almost done. We're on that hill. We got the property. You got all that stuff going, right? And this is the perfect location to be in before that move. Only God can do that, folks. Only God can do that. Last time I hear y'all got robbed over there at the hotel. You know, it was like, it was crazy. But God still showed up, right? But he also sends these, yeah, I call it the Pharaoh effect. You know, when God has you on a journey and you, you tend to want to settle, then all of a sudden you realize Pharaoh is coming up the rears. And he didn't call you to settle. He called you to keep going until you get to where he's taking you. And so... At the hotel, you kind of got felt a little feral coming up the rears, right? <laughs> it's like we can't be here. We gotta keep moving. And this location, I this is my first time here. You guys only been here for uh, uh, not even a couple months uh, anyway, and so um, so it, it's a blessing. This is perfect. I see what God is doing. Uh, we don't always see what God is doing until He starts doing it, right? In the meantime, we gotta step out in faith and move in faith and go in faith. And so you guys are here, and, um, and this is, once again, perfect, perfect location. So my name, once again, Port, P-O-R-T, Woolburn, and I'm your associational missionary for a network of churches called Bridges Bay Area Association. We're about 200 churches in the Oakland, San Francisco Bay Area, Peninsula, and we're honored to have Southridge as a part of our network. And so, Makai was talking about the accident May 1st. Get home. I got a, a son that plays AAU basketball. We just got back from Texas. And uh, amen. Just got back from Texas. Be, We've been going for about four or five days. And I, in February, I bought an e bike, had about 700 something miles on it. I mean, I ride. And, and e bikes are not cheating, okay? Just so you know, you may go 20 miles, but it's the equivalent of a 10 mile bike ride without a motor, okay? And so I just missed my bike. So. Early that morning, I got up. I was going to run some errands. I had to go by the church, and I can I'm live in the vicinity where my church is at. And I get on the bike and start, start out on my ride. And um, I'm in the city of San Pablo. And I, I, came, I was coming down the hill, but it's, that's not unnormal, unusual. So I usually stop at the bottom of the hill. And I don't remember anything that happened after the, the midway in the descent. And obviously, I get down to the bottom of the hill. I had a green light because a police report later says that a guy, so I'm coming southbound. There's a guy parked in a, a hotel parking lot um, on the um, east side. So he sees, he's getting in his car, and he sees a light at that intersection for him to go um, east, west, had turned red. So he gets in his car, burrows through the intersection, 
burrows out of the parking lot, burrows through the intersection, and catches me coming right into the intersection. I wake up in the ambulance. They're cutting off my clothes, asking me a bunch of questions. I'm like, what just happened? It's like, like I just woke up that morning. They rushed me to the trauma center at Highland Hospital in Oakland with a broken clavicle and eight broken ribs. That was May 1st. They put me on an epidural. Ladies, I know, you know, you had the baby epidurals. Those things are wonderful. But epidural, because they, nowadays the way they treat ribs, they don't like to wrap them because that keeps you from breathing and expanding them and allowing your lungs to, to grow and, and expand. And so they put you on an epidural for me because I had so many broken bones. Uh, they put me on an epidural so I would keep breathing and my lungs wouldn't, you know, get the complications from that. So I was in the hospital for six days. It was crazy. Um, now, city of San Pablo is where my church is at. So when the police chief, and I know the city officials, when the police chief realized it was, you know, I was in the accident, they immediately started checking the cameras and doing an investigation. And that's when they found out. That's when they discovered the guy was in a hotel parking lot because they saw the cameras from the hotel. He runs a red light. His hit collides with me. And uh, my forks, I should have brought them this morning because I just got my bike repaired. So, <laughs> but the forks, I mean, like, I mean, these are metal forks and they're twisted. And so, but the frame was fine, but I guess the way he ran the red light and he was speeding and I probably just got into the intersection, he hits right at my front tire and so twisted that going this way and flew me going that way. And so my helmet has this big old dent. I did wear a helmet. I had a big old dent right at my temple. It was dented across the top. So I don't know how this big body flew across wherever it flew, <laughs> however it landed. But it went this way, hit the left, broke my clavicle, broke seven ribs. And I'm here to tell about it because God is good. And so um, my wife doesn't want me riding on the streets anymore. But you guys pray for me because... We got to figure that out. But God is good. I, you know, this, we're in the summer series, right? Uh, what are we calling the summer series? Word to the wise? Is that what it is? Words to the wise. And so I'm adding to that. Today's message, we're calling, it's going to be wise up, okay? And, I, you know, I've been studying this, you know, ever since I, I found out we were doing this. And I've been studying wisdom. And it's like, man, you know, God makes these big two comparisons, wise and foolish. He, he makes that comparison. So in understanding what wisdom is, we also understand what foolishness is. Okay? And so as I was driving over here, I started thinking, it's probably not wise to be driving this close to this car in front of me. Then I started thinking, it's probably not wise. So the message has been working on me, right? It's like, it's probably not wise to be going this fast on the freeway, right? You know? And, and, and another, I thought, it's probably not, not wise to be kind of going in and out of traffic like this, you know? And so it's, the message has been working on me a little bit, you know? And so I just want you to know, as you hear this message, now how many think that that was actually true that happened this morning? About the traffic, yeah, it was, it was. So, but, but I'm learning, right? And so wisdom is things that you learn. You have to learn what wisdom is. And, and Tim Keller writes, he said, you can never think enough about anything. And, the, and where Psalms and, and Psalms and Proverbs are wisdom literature, right? And so Psalms is about throwing yourself 
on faith in God, Proverbs is about the wisdom needed to live life out. So Proverbs is like the alertness to life. It's about practicing what you preach. And so as I thought about my driving practices, I had to ease up, right? Because that's wise. And why do you say that it's not wise to do that? Because you never know what could happen. You don't really need wisdom at times until you get into a situation, you learn from it that, you know what? I should have done things a little differently. I should have acted a little differently. I should have held my tongue, right? Anybody ever do that? Probably just me, but especially husbands, right? We, we just can't figure it out at times, you know? I've been married for 32 years. My wife's like, you still ain't figured this thing out, you know? I get clapping and everything, all right. But it's like that, but I'm learning. That's what wisdom is. Are you learning from it? What did you learn from this situation? What are you gleaning from this? Wisdom, it, it actually, uh, it means skilled, wit, wise. So I thought about skilled. Wisdom is like skilled thinking, right? And, and you don't have to always have something to say. Sometimes it's not saying something is the wise thing in that situation. Only a fool just says what's on his mind. Only a fool just blurts out what he's thinking. But wise people think. They meditate. So folks, we're going to wise up today. We're going to wise up today. In uh, Proverbs, I'm going to read this. And so as I was doing my, my study, I did a search in my Bible app. I did a search for wisdom. So it pulls up all these texts. And so as it pulled up all these texts, it kind of gave uh, a paragraph, if you will. So I'm going to read this paragraph that's compiled of Proverbs from one, chapter 1 through chapter 3. And it says, knowledge, so don't try to follow necessarily. And if you guys want this, actually uh, email Dana and I will send you uh, this particular uh, outline. It says, knowledge begins with respect for the Lord. But fools hate wisdom and self-control. Wisdom is like a woman shouting in the street. She raises her voice in the city squares. You fools, how long would you be foolish? How long would you make fun of wisdom and hate knowledge? Listen carefully to wisdom and set your mind on understanding. Cry out for wisdom and beg for understanding. Only the Lord gives wisdom and he gives knowledge and understanding. He stores up wisdom for those who are honest and like a shield he protects the innocent. Wisdom will come into your mind and knowledge will be pleasing to you, but wisdom will help you be good and do what is right. Don't depend on your own wisdom, but respect the Lord and refuse to, to do wrong. Happy is the person who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Wisdom is more than silver. It brings more profit than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you can want is equal to it. With her right hand, she offers you long life. With her right hand, wisdom offers you long life. And with her left hand, she gives you riches and honor. And this is 317. Wisdom will make your life pleasant and will bring you peace. Amen? That's God's word. 
God's word, it speaks to us. Wisdom comes, true wisdom comes from God. You can be smart and not be wise. But real wisdom comes from God and comes from his word. And that's something you got to seek. It's something you got to want. It's something you got to desire. How many people really want wisdom? Lord, I want to be wise. As he places you, when I received this assignment as a social missionary, and I tell you what, it's, it's a huge assignment. It's about pastors and about churches. It's about encouraging pastors and about coming alongside churches. That's a big assignment. And I need wisdom to accomplish this. I asked God and cried out to God for wisdom. You should do that in any situation, in your jobs, raising your kids, your careers, wherever, your pursuit of whatever. Should I always want to be wise? Because it's something that God gives and he prospers you in that wisdom. He, it, looks at, it looks at Proverbs 1, personifies, uh, uh, paints a picture of wisdom personified as a woman crying out in the marketplace. The reason for this image is in the marketplace is for visibility. So a woman crying out, she's in the marketplace, she's crying out. We don't know what she's saying, but just the fact that she's in the marketplace and the fact that she's crying out garners your attention. It should call for your attention. And that's what wisdom is like. Wisdom calls for your attention. Is there something calling for your attention? Is there something that, you, that God is just pricking your heart for you to gain and understand certain knowledge and understanding? Because that's what wisdom is, is seeking knowledge and gaining understanding. And this image of a woman crying out is basically saying it's available for everybody. But some people would just ignore that. Some people would not pay that any attention because they don't have time to gain wisdom. They don't have time to get understanding. But she's in the marketplace and that's how God paints the image of wisdom is calling for your attention will you give ear today to gain understanding to gain wisdom and to wise up let's take it up a level let's take it up a level so even if you're not looking for it is this woman in the marketplace even if you're not looking for it you're going to encounter her even if it's by accident wisdom itself is not hid it's a clear, it's present, and it's available. If you don't find yourself wise, it's not because God is not wanting you to be wise. You have to want to be wise. Even those not seek, seeking it will stumble on it at times. The only way to completely avoid wisdom is to purposely ignore it. Wisdom brings joy health, long life, it brings promotion, it brings riches, it brings honors. There's uh, attributes of wisdom. You got attributes such as the fear of God, that's the attribute of wisdom. It's, it's instructions, it's knowledge, it's understanding. Wisdom is discretion, attributes of wisdom is discretion, it's counsel, right, seeking wise counsel. That's smart. That's, a, that's not just smart to do. That's wise to do. Hear what others are learning and what others, especially in marriage, guys and gals. 
Is it just me or did anybody else go through this? Right? It's wise counsel. Seek counsel. James uh, 3, 15 and 17 says there are four types of wisdom. And I'm going to read James um, chapter 3 through uh, 13 through 18. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, show his works in meekness of wisdom. If you're wise, this is what it looks like. It's, uh, you're going to have good conduct. You're going to show uh, this in your works, in the meekness of wisdom. Wisdom is not prideful. Wisdom is quiet. It's meek. It's humble. Because when you know you have something, you don't have to brag about it. It's yours. God has given to you. It's something we walk in the wisdom and the humility that God has given us this understanding, this knowledge. It's wise. He says, but if you, if you have bitter jealousy... That's not good. Selfish ambition in your hearts. That's not good either. He says, do not boast or be false to the truth. He's saying if this is manifesting itself in a Christian's life, in a believer's life, because this is written to believers, right? So he's not writing to the world. He's writing to the church. He says, if this is stuff that's here, bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in your hearts, he said, don't be boast. Don't boast. Don't be false to the truth. He says, that's not good. That's not wise to have those attributes manifesting and carrying themselves out in your life. It's not wise. He says, this is not the wisdom that comes from above. And some people think that this, this is just the way it is. This is just the way I am. That's not wise to say that and act like that either. He said, this wisdom, if you think that, he says, this wisdom, let me tell you where that wisdom comes from, he says. This wisdom is, is uh, this wisdom that comes down, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, it's unspiritual, it's demonic. So he says, these things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. That's what James says. Those are different kinds of wisdom. He says, if we're acting this way, he says, that's not, that's not God. That's not godly wisdom. That's, that's unspiritual. It actually has a level of demonicness to it. For where there is jealousy, selfish ambition exists, there will be what? Disorder. Every vile practice. So he's like, this is, if, there's, if there's confusion and disorder in your life, then there's some areas that maybe we need to wise up in. There's some areas that maybe God is that woman is in the, in the marketplace is crying out, hey, hey. You know, I, I love the Dr. Phil show when he, when he challenges people, right? And, and it's like they're telling them how they are. They're telling them, you know, what they're doing. And they're kind of prideful. They think they're wise. And he, and he says to them, he said, how's that working for you? <laughs> it landed you on the Dr. Phil show. How's that working for you? Right? That's an introspective look. you got to look, how is this actually working out for me? It's, actually, it's not. Well, will you wise up and realize it's not working out and realize we need to make some changes, realize we need to gain some understanding, realize we need to gain some knowledge that comes from God so we can make some changes? Because she's crying out, hey, this ain't good. This ain't working out. Are you finally going to listen? Are we listening? 
You know, and, and I really feel in this message, this is not pointing at anything because this is like a shotgun. God's just going to blast this thing all over the place because he's challenging us, inclusive to myself. I want to wise up. You can never think too much about anything, Tim Keller said. You haven't thought that much about it. You haven't figured it out. There's not enough life for you to make all the mistakes you can make. He says, but the wisdom from above, he says, first is pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's open to reason, right? How many, how many people know people that are just not reasonable? You can't reason with them whatsoever. Bible says that's a fool. Because we should always be open to reason. Even if you disagree, at least hear it out. But a fool just shuts it down and says, you ain't got nothing you can share with me. You got nothing you can say to me. Nothing I can learn from you. This is full of mercy. Mercy. Have mercy. I look at my accident, God had mercy on me. I, that, that thing could have ended me. But God had mercy. He says, not time. We should have mercy on others and in others. Christ sits on the throne of grace. He came in the spirit of grace and truth. Grace needs to always lead out. It's grace and then it's truth. We want to lead with truth, but then we have no grace. We have no mercy. And mercy is a key attribute of God. He is a merciful, loving God. That's what allows us to come to him is his mercy. It's what allows us to go before him is his love and his mercy. That's what he's known for. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He offered us mercy when we deserved none. And it's how dare we not be full of that same mercy. I'm telling you, world, the, uh, the, the world needs to see more of God's mercy and love. Amen. They hear all about what the truth is. This is the truth. You're living in sin. You're doing it. Yeah, okay, I get it. You're right. That's already on them. The death is already on them. Hell is already on them. They need to hear the good news. The good news, that's what he came to preach, the good news. But we too busy, always want to share the bad news. <laughs> I mean, we, want, we, we don't want them to forget the bad news. We, they live in the bad news. They need to hear some good news. Jesus came, he died on the cross, he loves us, he cares for us. Even when we mess up and mess up and mess up, God still comes and extends his hand and his mercy and his grace. This is the wisdom that comes from God. This is his word. Jesus came in the spirit of mercy and truth. The spirit of grace and the spirit of truth. That's how he came. The son of man came in the spirit of mercy, grace, and truth. That's how he came. And that's how we should lead out. Amen. Amen. 
It says it's, it's full of mercy and good fruits. Be good. Good fruits. Have good fruit, people. Bear good fruit. That's walking in the spirit. You're going to bear good fruit. When you walk into God, you're going to speak that truth. You're going to bear that love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness. That's the fruit of the spirit. That's wise. That's what God is saying when we're connected and abiding in him. This is the fruit. That's what the byproduct. You can't produce fruit if you're not connected to the root. And he is that vine. Jesus is that vine. And he says, apart from me, you can't do nothing. And if you think you are, you're unwise. That you think you can do this apart from him. That's not the wisdom that comes from above. So see how this is all tying in? He said it's, it's impartial. Now we have a lot of partiality today. Oh my gosh. That's the way this world is partiality. We need to be impartial with God's people. Impartial. We love all of God's people. We all come together impartial but because we form pre prejudices and and preconceived notions about things and, and and our own thoughts about stuff we become partial but in the church amongst God's people there is to be impartiality that's wise but what about this oh, no 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 that's your own reasoning God's rules, God's law come without measure. And when he says this is what it's going to look like, we can't say what it's not supposed to look like. That's where we mess up. Because at the end of the day, we have no heaven to take anybody to, nor do we have a hell to send anybody to. That's not our call. That's Christ's call. And last time I checked, you can't see somebody's heart. You don't know where they're at. Shoot, we have a hard time figuring out where we're at. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Jesus at the Last Supper, right? And Jesus, they all 12 sitting there. And they all, and Jesus said, you know what? One of y'all going to betray me. Nobody said, you know what? I knew Judas. I knew that dude. Man, I should. You know, Judas didn't walk around with a hood over his head and, you know, was looking all ominous. No. You know what they all said? Is it me, Lord? Is it me? They were doing some soul searching. Is it me, Lord? They weren't pointing their finger at who they thought might be that person. They started looking inwardly because they know what's in them. I know what's in me. I know I can make good choices and I know I can make bad choices. And I'm, I'm just speaking for me. I know my struggles. You know, and I'll share a little bit, you know, when I was dealing with the recovery time. And trust me, folks. Eight broken bones. I said, I said that's a, seven ribs and a clavicle. That's eight bones. That's a slab of ribs. <laughs> my wife said, why do you keep saying that? Because it's funny. It is. Eight slap. It's a, you know, it's like 
That, that's a painful. You can't cough. You can't sneeze. You can't laugh. You can't do any of that. And during this recovery time, Lord took me to the Psalms 51, where David cried out. He says to him, I think it's 51.9, he says, renew in me a clean heart and restore a right spirit within me. And I say that to say, we all have our own struggles and there was nothing just tangible, but when, you, when you're your overseer and, and you're doing a lot and there's a lot of things going on, you can start taking things for granted. And when David cried out, he said, renewing me a, a, a clean heart, sometimes the heart can get a little dirty. Some things can creep in, some thoughts, some patterns. Just some unsettling ways. Nothing obvious, nothing major, but just they're there. You know they're there. Maybe people close to you know they're there. Maybe nobody knows. It's just stuff that you know. And David says, restore and renew a, a clean heart. Right? And then he says, and to restore a, a right spirit within me. And sometimes things can get a little off in life. We should never get too comfortable with our walk with God, is what I'm saying, folks. We can never get too comfortable. You can't do that in your marriage. You definitely can't do that. And, and actually, I keep going back to this marriage thing because the marriage thing is something that in Ephesians, God talks about. He's like, uh, Christ in the church is, is like a marriage. It's a mystery. Trust me, it's a mystery. Marriage is a mystery. I don't know how I've done this for 32 years, but I keep showing up and God mysteriously keep making it work. But he says the, the church is like that. It's like a marriage. Christ in the church is like a marriage. It's that joining together. It's that staying together. Because people, you can walk away. This is building, it's not the church. You can walk away from the fellowship. You can walk away from God. Even though God says he knows those over him are, are his, those that are his own and no one can snatch them out of his hands. And I'm not saying you can walk away after knowing God and truly walking in favor with him, but I think there's sometimes we can just get in on the surface of our walk with God and not truly be committed. You can be living together and not married. You know what I mean? You could be like just really close and, 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 and all the benefits necessary of marriage but not the covenant relationship. You can show up to church and not really be committed to the fellowship, to the body, to, to the causes, what God is doing. This church I, and I know Pastor's heart, and you're in this new area, and I know uh, Makai is jumping at the bit to get into these neighborhoods to engage God's people, to engage the lostness, to love on people, to love on the community. And that's something that God does with us, but we have to be committed to that. We got to love him. When, when that song came on and we singing these bones, right? These bones, and I was like, Lord, thank you. 
because they still healing. I still feel a little bit on this. I mean, it was all left. And fortunately, I'm left-handed. So I was able to, you know, kind of, and I'm also a former offensive lineman, right? So I tell people I took another hit for the Lord, you know, but it, it's just, if I, didn't have to, if, I, if I didn't have to, I didn't want to, but if I had to, I guess I got to. You know, I said, I took it like another, took it like an old lineman. You know, but it's like these bones, they cry out. You got to be completely 100% committed to what God is doing. You got to want what God wants for your life. You can't play with that. You got to want it. Wisdom is something you got to want. You got to want to wise up. You, you got to want what God wants. You, you got to want understanding. You got to want knowledge. And look, he says in these things, they will prosper you. Don't just seek the wealth. Seek the wisdom and the guidance that leads to wealth. You see these, uh, these athletes, you just give them money. You know, and we see how that works out. Ask Job Morant. You just can't throw money at people without wisdom. This text, I have a, speaking of basketball, I think I told you guys my son plays. I, I got a 6, 7, 17-year-old. I mean, this kid's outgrown me. I look, I said, where you come from, man? It's like this big old dude. And, you know, he's the only guy that can call me little dude. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> little dude, I got you a little dude. <laughs> but it's like, and, and watching these guys that get to the next level, and he, he's, he's a D1 prospect, has uh, nine D1 offers. Let's pray his number one. I, did I say this? Because, I mean, they got a lot of schools involved in this, right? But Santa Clara has an offer on the table, and we're praying, you know, next year uh, that he ends up there. But we'll see what happens. But in light of this, it's like I want to share with him and teach him, so, son, if, if God does allow for you to get to that next level, you want to be wise. We want to be wise. And the way you learn about wisdom is unfortunate through unwise situations. So you got the John Moran situation where you got all this money and flashing guns. Like, what are you thinking, bro? I said, son, learn from that. I know that. I know that. I know. See, you, just by you say, I know that, I know that, it means you're not listening. <laughs> he said, dad, I know. I understand it. I get it. You know, because it's not my first time, but sometimes I get a little like when I see more stuff in the media and, and Zion Williamson and all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, these guys. And he, he's on that trajectory. But it's like, I want you to be wise and you have to be wise. That's a, a godly wisdom, not a secular wisdom. You know, secular wisdom and a... a um, a demonic wisdom have you thinking, you know, it's like demonic wisdom, it looks like, you know what? It's, it's knowing how to do bad and knowing how to do it well. Right? Devil's not, a devil is very wise in demonic ways. There's systems of demonic evil going on. You know, realize there's almost a million children a year to come up missing. That's not random, folks. They just, people don't just disappear like that. There's something taking and destroying children like that. And 
you can't see it. We can't necessarily find it. We can't fully discover it. But what? Why? Because there, there's demonic wisdom that knows how to hide stuff and conceal things and lie and destroy in huge ways. That's why God calls us for the wisdom of the kingdom. It's not the wisdom of the world. It looks differently. Proverbs 2, there's the do's and don'ts. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Oh, I'm, I'm really smart, you know? And you may be smart, but it's not wise to even say that. <laughs> it says, but fools hate wisdom. Fools hate wisdom. Wisdom is something we, we got to listen for. We got to cry out for. Only God, Proverbs 2, 6 says, only God is the one who truly gives wisdom. True wisdom comes from God. Anything else you have uh, ascertaining, you can look at even those that succeed and make it and gain all the riches of this world. They might have been wise and worldly wise in order to gain the riches and wealth and prosperity. But guess what happens at the end of that? Jesus said, what profit a man is if he gains the whole world, yet loses his soul? So let me ask you a question. How wise was that? That at the end of life, you gain all the toys and all the treasures and, and all the things and all the stuff, and you take none of it with you. And where you're going, you are completely impoverished. That's what he says. That's what God teaches. We have to understand that wisdom is not easy to get. It's not easy. It comes through hard lessons. It comes through tough places in life. And those tough places can teach you a lot about yourself and your relationship with God. He brings you through. He shows you things, things to learn. Sometimes it's to wait. Sometimes it's to rest. Sometimes it's to listen. Sometimes it's just to be comforted. Ecclesiastes 3, 7. It says, Solomon, who's the wisest man in the world, he asked God for wisdom. He said, give me wisdom, God, so I can lead your people. And he had a lot of wisdom, but he had a lot of foolishness, but he learned a lot of wisdom in his foolishness. He says, all this I've tested by wisdom. I will be wise, he says, but it's far from me. That which has been far off and deep, very deep, who can find it? Wisdom is deep. We're comfortable in wading through the shallow, but real wisdom comes through the deep things in life. And sometimes we got to not wallow in it and, and, and we got to be able to swim in it. Be willing to swim in the deep things of life. Be challenged by those things. Embrace that challenge. Proverbs 16.31 says, Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is attained through a long path of righteousness. And all our gray hair people in here, amen? We made it. We made it. We're still getting there. We're still getting there. And ultimately, the fullest meaning and understanding to the Proverbs come in light when we read with Jesus in mind. Jesus dazzled his listeners with wisdom. 
Bible says in, in Luke uh, 2.40, and the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was on him. He even claimed to be the new Solomon in ultimate wisdom. Luke uh, 11.31 says, the queen of the south will rise up at judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, listen, something greater than Solomon is here. Jesus, the ultimate wisdom of God manifested to us. But the fools will still say, who's this? It's not Jesus, this is not, this is not wisdom. They're still trying to disprove him. And he showed 2,000 years ago, still showing today in the hearts and lives of people. Paul calls Jesus the wisdom of God. In Colossians, it says, the one whom all of God's wisdom is hidden. Colossians 2, it says, and, and their hearts may be encouraged and be knit together in love and reach all the riches of the full assurance and understanding and knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plastic, implausible, I should say, arguments. God's wisdom leads to salvation, is tip 2 Timothy. It says that, from childhood, you have been acquainted with all the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. The ultimate act of wisdom is coming to faith in Jesus. It is trusting him when everything else doesn't make sense, when anything else is just... It, 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 it is just coming to faith and trusting him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. Everything in you just falls to him because he has come in the name of God to die for our sins, to bring us in oneness with the Father that we may be saved. And we live wise lives in the process of heading to eternity. That we don't store up just to store up. That we don't do just to do. He said, but when you give a cup of water in my name, you're doing it unto me. First Corinthians 1.18, my last text. For the word of the cross is folly for those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning, I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish? the wisdom of this world for since the wisdom and the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom see it's the foolishness of the cross it, was a, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who will believe at the end of the day folks the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom 
And when we truly come to faith, the world opens up. The kingdom opens up. God opens your heart and your mind, but you must first come to him in faith. To remain apart from him is actually more foolish than it is to trust him with all that you have. For he has shown himself and demonstrated himself to be a good God and a good Savior. Let us pray. Father, right now, in the glorious name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord, you are greater in our lives than anything that we can ever ask for. Lord, you've given us hope and salvation. You've given us peace. You've given us love. You've given us your Holy Spirit to walk out this life in knowledge and understanding, gaining wisdom in all things. So, Lord, we thank you. We bless you. Ask your blessing over this church, Lord, and the word that has gone forth, Lord. May we wise up today, gaining understanding and knowledge. May we be skilled in using it. May those that don't know you, Lord, make a step of faith, trusting you, trusting you. It is the wise thing to do. It is an act of faith that you call us to. So Jesus, we thank you again for your love and your mercy, your joy and your peace. Father, we adore you. Holy Spirit, we welcome your power and your presence in Jesus, the Son of the living God. We thank you for your work in our lives, on our lives, and through our lives. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Thank you again for spending time with us today, and a special thanks to those who give generously to Southridge Church. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about Southridge, you can follow us on social media at Southridge Now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with a friend, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social story. Make sure you tag Southridge Church and let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.